Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. I am Jillian, your host for today's episode, and I'm joined by two team members, uh, Anne, one of our founding mamas. How are you, Anne? Hey, I'm doing great. Glad to be with you both. Great. And Cassandra, so good to be with you. How are you? Good. Thanks, lady. How are you? I'm good. I am super excited to get into this conversation today. Uh, We want to just invite our listeners into kind of our, our team's mission about what we're doing here at Springs in the Desert. And I think we as a team have learned along the way how many seasons there really are on the path of infertility. And so we just want to talk about that today. All those types of seasons, maybe where you're at and that you belong here, that we want to serve you and we're here to serve you, even if it feels like you don't belong, depending on your current situation. And so I just want to start there, uh, just talking about the various seasons and who we are and how we're serving. Uh, And so, Anne, maybe would you just maybe speak into uh, some of these various seasons on the path of infertility. Yeah, so you know, I'm one of the co-founders of Springs in the Desert along with Kimberly. You've heard her sometimes on the podcast too. And we started Springs in the Desert because we were each on our own path of infertility and we just didn't feel like we were getting the kind of spiritual support and understanding that we were looking for. And so That's what we had in mind when we started Springs, that we wanted to be a place where others, where women, where together with their husbands, they could come and just find a place where they could open up, they could tell their stories, they could talk through the grief and all the different emotions. I mean, for those of us who have been trying to conceive or wherever we are on that path, you know, there, it's like a roller coaster very often. There are just so many different emotions. There's anger, there's jealousy, there's sadness. Uh, there's our relationship with God, you know, difficulty praying. I mean, all of that stuff. And so Springs in the Desert is a place where you can come wherever you are on the path of infertility. So if you are still trying to conceive, you're charting, maybe you're going through treatments. If you're discerning treatment, if you are on a break right now and and trying to discern where God is leading you, if you are looking at the path of adoption, if you are someone who has received a diagnosis and maybe it's going to be very unlikely or impossible that you'll conceive, or you are entering into menopause or your past childbearing years. So it's kind of that full spectrum of the experience, regardless of where you are. I think there are a lot of emotions that you're likely dealing with. There's the spiritual component, definitely like, okay, God, like, what are you doing? You know, who am I? What does my marriage mean? Our relationships with our husband, with our family members, our friends. And then, I mean, and this is the the thing that I think we really try to emphasize at Springs in the Desert, is what fruitfulness is God calling us to right now? Whether we end up having biological children or adopting we're still called to fruitfulness. We're called to bring life into the world. And I mean, we all know that this world needs it. 
<laughs> like they, the world needs the kinds of gifts and, and fruitfulness that we can bring into the world. Yes. And that, that is so helpful, I think, to recenter, even as a team, to serve better when, you know, we have this focus on fruitfulness and also on Christ and that those two things are not mutually exclusive that, you know, they, they're very intertwined and that Christ gave us this calling. And if we focus on him and his desires for our life, he will have a calling to fruitfulness in various ways. But yeah, I think you also really spoke to the fact that there are so many seasons and sometimes depending on someone's season of life, it might feel like you don't belong in a community that's struggling with infertility. And I'm thinking of many different seasons, you know, um, perhaps someone who's experiencing secondary infertility where they might have one or two biological children at home and have not been able to conceive for a period of time. Or perhaps someone uh, who is post-hysterectomy, you know, maybe Cassandra, you could speak into that a little bit, or someone who's in menopause, or just in general, they know because of some sort of diagnosis that they will not be able to conceive that, you know, sort of what, what is this balance between hope and the acceptance of what we have? So Cassandra, I'm curious if you can relate to that sort of like, do I, do I fit in here um, and what that maybe look like for you? Yeah, I've told this story on the podcast before and exactly knows what I'm going to say. Yep. So I found out about Springs when I was already post-hysterectomy. In my mind, it's kind of funny, like weird in a way to be part of this infertility ministry because I don't have this experience or memory of like really walking the path of infertility. You know what I mean? And I know because of just some memories I have and things that other people have reminded me of that I was like wondering why this hadn't happened yet for us, but my life was also crazy at the time. There was a whole a whole bunch of stuff going on. But anyway, I had my surgery after being diagnosed with cancer, so it was all over very, very quickly. And then when I found out about Springs and I loved the retreat and I wrote to Anne and Kimberly to say like, thanks, <laughs> because uh, the pray to get pregnant thing, obviously that's, you know, all of our needs and desires we could take to God in prayer. But for me, barring a crazy miracle, it, it wasn't going to happen. You know, that door was closed. And so getting more involved with Springs and I wrote a blog post and then was invited to become a part of the team. And I was like, great, but I don't know anything about charting. <laughs> and Anne was just like, um, like, that's fine. And it does make me think about how the mission of this ministry is unique because there are so many, if you want information about, about how to get pregnant, you know, there are places you can find it, places you can see like what is listed and approved by the church and what's not. And what's unique about us is that, like we say, Christ not conception, you know, if a conception happens for you, you know, that's great. But if it doesn't happen today, then there's still the grief and the emotions that have to be dealt with today, but also that call to be life-giving that is is yours today. So I just really appreciated that about Springs. That I also found very comforting 
that uniqueness that, like you said, there are many amazing organizations and church documents and bishops who are talking about it and other just even guests we've had on our podcast who are who are talking about these perhaps medical uh, sort of techniques or just other kind of various health specific focuses. But that's not our focus here. Our focus, right, as I said, is Christ, not conception. And so to, yeah, have this place that's mostly spiritual support of sort of figuring out how do we pick up this cross daily and follow him and allow fruit to come from that. And, you know, I'm kind of curious about this question that how is it that our focus on Christ, not conception, uh, how does this help us with this balance of hope and acceptance? Does it help? Is that why it allows us to kind of find a balance there? And do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, and this comes from a lot of the feedback that we receive from people when they find us, is that in a certain sense, it takes the pressure off, especially if you are charting and you're really actively trying to conceive, you're working with a doctor, you're maybe going through treatments and all that sort of thing, to have that spiritual and emotional support and accompaniment takes the pressure off. Like Springs in the Desert is a place to go where you don't have to think about all of those things. Like you don't have to think about your chart or am I doing all the things? Am I on the right diet? Am I, you know, and that's not to say those things aren't important and they're not something to work on. And, but that's not the focus here. And so we can talk about other things. We can sort of unburden ourselves. We can tell our stories. We can hear from each other and hear, oh, okay, you're feeling that way too. I thought I was the only one who felt this way or had these emotions or reacted in these ways. So in that way, we can help each other. I find that to be one of the most beautiful bits of fruit that comes from this ministry is that uh, we see people reaching out to each other when somebody comes with their story and is really struggling invariably there will be another person who kind of comes right in and sort of drops their burden for a second and goes to pick up the burden of the other person. And that's just so beautiful. And guess what? That's fruitfulness. That is being so life-giving in that moment. Yeah, that, I just, I love what you said there because I think sometimes I discount the ways that I'm fruitful because it doesn't look like the quote unquote fruitfulness that's often talked about. And so I think just asking the Lord to open my eyes to the ways that he's calling me to be fruitful or the ways that I was fruitful that day can be really helpful because it's surprising sometimes the opportunities he's given me that I took, or maybe I missed that he's saying, this is what I'm asking of you today, or in this season, this is this is what I, I desire for you to, to give and for the way for you to be fruitful. And I think there's perhaps more to be said too, you know, that about this idea of acceptance of our season, because although yes, we can definitely discern how he's calling us to fruitfulness, that desire still exists for children, for this sort of quote-unquote normal understanding of fruitfulness. 
that's talked about, you know, all over and around us all the time. And so I'd like to know some of your thoughts about acceptance and what does that really mean? Is it sort of this idea, you know, I think it's for us, it's probably pretty obvious that we don't mean giving up, but it can feel like that, I'm sure, for many of those in our community. What maybe it would be a better way of understanding acceptance or how how can we better accept the specific cross that we have? Well, to me, I think it's easier to understand. It's easier to accept if we don't look at it as a, a once and for all type thing. I think the call of the Lord to pick up you know our crosses and follow him is one that has to be accepted every single day. You know, sometimes in every moment, you know, if we're in a difficult time, uh, if we're at a difficult uh, social situation, sometimes this is a moment by moment decision that we have to make to pick up our crosses and follow. But it also takes the pressure off because God doesn't ask us to carry our crosses by the year or by the decade even. What he's given to us is the present moment. And even if you're really still in a season of trying, or if it's for me when it's over, I mean, that's still a decision that has to be made. And honestly, it's an offering that has to be made. I remember my spiritual director talking to me about this once that we can be resigned to like our fate or whatever and be kind of grudging about it. But what a beautiful thing to make an offering of this to the Lord. He laid down his life willingly for us, and he doesn't ask most of us to do that in the literal, physical sense of laying down our lives, but we still have things that we can say, God, today, this is yours. You know this desire of my heart. Today hasn't been the day (laughs) for it, so I'm giving it to you, and let your will be done with it, and I think that's an easier way to think about acceptance. Don't put the pressure on yourself to say like, this is it. I have reached acceptance and, you know, my life is over and it's never going to happen. No, (laughs) no. Find that peace and joy in making that offering to him today. Yeah. And I think to add on to that, and I love that you said that, Cassandra, and you said it earlier too, this idea of like today, where am I today? What's happening today? What can I do today? is so important. And it's one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about the mission of Springs in the, De- in the Desert today, not to like pat ourselves on the back or have a big commercial for, for it, but to really talk about ideas like acceptance or resignation or hope. Because I think sometimes people think that maybe they think they don't belong in this community because they think, well, I'm not at the end of the road yet. I'm not ready for acceptance. And so, like you said, Cassandra, acceptance is something that happens every day, sometimes every moment. So maybe it's, okay, my period came today. All right. I mean, I have to accept that. There's no way to change it. Okay, so what does that mean for me today? Feel the feels, feel the emotions, be sad, whatever it is, feel it, and then say, okay, this is what I have for today. But tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow is another step on the path. And so I think if we look at acceptance in that way, rather than in terms of some kind of finality, you're right. I think it does take the pressure off. And then 
I was thinking about this idea of sort of resignation, which I think entails a kind of like maybe bitterness or anger, like this is it, it's over. And that's also natural. I mean, I've gone through it. I'm sure a lot of us have. And it's tough when we're trying to come to terms, especially for somebody like me, who is also at the end of the road. But I really believe, and it is at the core of our mission here, that that kind of resignation, that bitterness, that anger, the sadness, all of it can be healed into something really beautiful. I think that God can take that and, as we've been talking about, can show us that there's still beautiful fruit and opportunities to give life that come through that. I am really resonating with this idea of a daily acceptance because I think that that is the balance between this hope and some of the more negative feelings that can come from acceptance. That if we we realize that we only have the present. We only have today. And I know I often live in the past and in the future, uh, but I really, I only have this moment. And so to just accept right now, I think is, is the key. And I think too, to kind of bring this back around to our focus on Christ, that someone said to me recently, you know, Christ didn't run to Calvary. He walked likely slowly. And he fell and he accepted help along the way. And he, to the best of his ability, talked to people along the way who met him and tried to alleviate some of that suffering the best that they could and to show him charity. And I think that that is a really great example of why we focus on Christ that he shows us how to suffer well. And although because he's God, he can do it so much better than we can, he was also man. And so we can draw so much from him and his example. And he's pouring out the graces in the sacraments to allow us to suffer even better each day. So I just, I really love this idea of daily picking up this cross that you've both mentioned. And I think because uh, although we have seasons in the church like Lent where we're talking about Christ walking, we can we can pray with that at any time during the year and look to his example and the crucifix every time we're at mass to remember that. It's just a really beautiful way that we can remind ourselves about this cross. Yeah, and if I could just also add that Christ not only teaches us how to suffer, but he teaches us who we are. And he tells us that he has abundant life for us. And so we can look to him, we can look to the cross and we can accept and surrender. But I think maybe this is the harder thing sometimes also to accept the gifts that he is giving to us today. And I think this is really important to accept who we are as his children made in his image and likeness, made for love, made because he loves us. And so I think sometimes for me, that's a difficult thing to accept. Like, Lord, do you really love me? Do you really have good things for me? And the answer is unequivocally for each and every one of us, yes. Yeah, that is 
So, so true. And I need to pray with that and remember that. You know, I think before we close out today's conversation, I think it's helpful now to kind of go back to the beginning of this conversation and and really just encourage our listeners that they belong here, no matter where they're at, on the path of infertility, they belong. I know, speaking from my personal experience, having lost two children in miscarriage and then, and then experiencing several years of infertility after that, not really feeling like I belonged in a space like this because of our situation that we have two intercessors and we experience some things that many women are praying for every day. And so it could be difficult for me sometimes. And now finding myself on the team has been a really beautiful journey. But I'm wondering if you have, either of you have any more thoughts about just this idea of belonging and if anyone, maybe some encouragement to anyone in our community who doesn't feel like they belong to to encourage them that they, they do, they belong here. Yeah, Jillian, you and I have talked about this before. I think it was on a Mother's Day retreat back in 2022. I think so. That we were just talking about how God is eternal, right? And God is life. And I think there's a connection between that. Like We understand that our desire to be life-giving is also eternal in this sense. So if you're a person who is walking with secondary infertility, it's not my experience, but Don't try to talk yourself out of that support that you need and that we are here and offering to you. (laughs) And if you made it this far in the podcast, you know, maybe you're not, but maybe you know someone else who doesn't feel like they have the right to look for support or that they don't belong in a community like this. And it's just not true. There's really not like a cap on how many children you should or shouldn't have in order to not have certain feelings. And I think we all understand that. Yeah, I also want to say that way back in 2019, when we did our very first retreat for women, we had a woman come to us who was probably in her early to mid-60s, I think. Uh, She had been divorced and her husband had subsequently died. And one of the factors that contributed to that was their infertility. And she actually had suffered a number of losses as well. And I remember that she came and she said, I'm not really sure that I belong here. We just assured her that she did because her grief and her experience was just as valid as any one of us in that room who maybe were still trying to conceive. And so we really do mean it that wherever you are on that path, you are welcome and we will be a friend and listen and uh, minister to you the best that we can. And I think that we can all minister to each other as a community, especially when we come with open and generous hearts. That's sometimes difficult because if you're somebody like me who has never conceived and you're talking with somebody who's maybe dealing with secondary infertility, I mean, we get it. Like there's a lot of feelings there and it can be difficult. But I think if we can approach each other with generosity and know that, you know, nobody's trying to hurt another person and to not compare our crosses, but to just approach each other in friendship and in love, that's where the healing happens. 
Amen. Amen to all of that. I am just so thankful for this conversation and a space to recognize that although perhaps two women or two couples who are experiencing different kinds of infertility might have difficulties speaking to each other or finding a way to um, sort of reconcile those experiences, that we are all part of the body of Christ and that he sees the crosses that we're carrying and we can do the best that we can to uh, do the same, to see and recognize each other's crosses and help each other carry that and lift that. And so, dear listeners, I think that it's all of our prayers today that uh, when you listen to this, that you know that the Lord sees your cross, that he knows the weight of that cross, and that he is helping you carry that. And that we here at Springs in the Desert hope to be your Simon, that we are walking with you, as Anne said, truly, wherever you fall on the path of infertility. It has been so good to be with you, Anne and Cassandra. Listeners, we are praying for you as always, and it's an honor to walk with you. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.